What an amazing time of worship. I'm ready to dive into the Word of God today. We're in a series, The Age of the Counterfeit. We've been looking at everything AI and beyond. And I believe that we're about to, I feel like we're already in it, but we're going into more prevalent season of counterfeit. And this can be in all things. This is counterfeit presence, counterfeit joy, counterfeit peace, counterfeit knowledge and wisdom. You think about today, our search engines is is whenever we need to know something, we have a database to pull from. We have a search engine to go to. So today I want to dive in. This is our final week of this series. Uh, How many have enjoyed it so far? Good. We got one person. Awesome. (laughs) How many have been encouraged by the word of God, how to go into this age of the counterfeit? I I believe that there's a, a counterfeit culture is trying to take over the creativity of the Lord. And if we're not careful as Christ's kids, as the King's kids, we can fall for just about anything. The genuine, authentic presence of God, if we know Jesus as a person and not just a religion or a church that we attend, if we have relationship with the King, then we can walk into any form of counterfeit and call it out. We can call out things that are maybe spoken over you, your family, your business, the economy, anything that happens in our life, we can call out the counterfeit and walk in the genuine truth and promises of God. How many want that for your life? Come on, how many want that for your business? I don't want that for your home. How many parents in the building want that for your kids? I want my kids to be able to call out the counterfeit. Like, that's not truth. The Bible says that there will be a time when the world will settle for just tickling of the ears. Now my ears don't tickle. Anybody's ears tickle? Y'all, y'all need some caffeine today? My ears don't tickle, but the word of God says there will be a day where people will fall for just about anything. They'll fall for feeling encouraged. Ooh, that felt good. I feel inspired. I got a goosebump moment. And they'll leave saying, oh, that was it. That was my inspiration for the day. And that's not wrong. It's not bad to be encouraged. It's not bad to be inspired. It's not bad to have your motivational podcast where you put it on and they just scream at you like, get up, those who grind make it. You know, like It's not bad to have those things. But if we're not careful, we'll settle for that as being our source of joy. Ah, y'all don't hear me today. If we're not careful, we'll settle for the counterfeit instead of walking in the genuine truth of who God is and who God is in us. So today, I want to talk about why voice recognition matters. Y'all, if you've taken notes, go ahead and write it on the top. Say, why voice recognition matters. I want to look at John chapter 1 today. We're going to start in verse 1. A lot of you may know this verse some of you, it could be the first time you're hearing it, but it's so good how John starts because he defines who Jesus is. In one verse, he explains before, present, and future. In John chapter 1, verse 1, let's read it together. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. Now, there are three things that I see in this. 
and I want to talk to you today is that when we talk about our Jesus, when we say, you know, we're following Jesus, he's our King and Lord, we have to understand that Jesus is the Word. Everybody say the Word. The Word. He is the Word that is spoken. He is the Word that is heard, and he is the Word that is walked out. And what John was saying is that Jesus was, before anything, Jesus is with God, and Jesus is the word, was God, at moving forward. So this is a, a past, a present, and a future. Therefore, we understand this is that Jesus wasn't just the God of yesterday. He wasn't just the Jesus we read about in the Bible, but he's also the Jesus today. And guess what? He's the Jesus that will walk with us into tomorrow. How many are thankful that Jesus wasn't just the God of yesterday? He wasn't just the the God of our grandfathers, the God of our ancestors. No, he's the God of today. He's the God of your life. He's the God of my life. And what I love about what John says is he says that he is the word. Now, if you look in the beginning, God spoke a word. He spoke the word, which is who? Jesus. He spoke the word and creation became. Light was appearing. Mountains formed. Oceans were separated from land. Skies were inhabited with creatures. All from the word. The Bible says even that everything was created through the word. So what we realize is that Jesus being the word, it is so important that we know his voice. Because the word is our power. How many have ever recorded yourself either in a video or a voice memo or you send one of those voice texts to somebody? Which, by the way, those are dangerous because sometimes they'll just be recording and I'll send something. I'm like, what, what did I just send? You know, I'm listening to it back. Like, what was I just talking about? Um, but sometimes we can do that. And how many have ever listened back to it and you're like, that's not how I sound? You know, I remember being a kid and thinking I sound like this masculine man. And then when I listen back to my, I'm like, why do I sound so scrawny and like tenny? Like, I sound like this way up here. I don't sound like that. I sound like a man. So funny, I remember just the other day, uh, Zion, he recorded something and we were doing, uh, he, he writes, he spits bars, I think is, is how they say it. So he, he's writing all these raps and, and coming up with these bars and, and so I was like, yo, let's, let's record on the voice memo that we can make a beat to it and all this stuff. So he records it. And then when I play it back from him, he's like, dad, that's not how I sound. What's wrong with your microphone? Do I really sound like that? And I think one of the studies I was looking up, I was talking about voice recognition and how we as human beings, we are confident in our our agency, and our control when we hear ourselves speak. Very interesting. I was reading about it, and they were talking about how when you hear yourself talk, you're confident in that you spoke. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in an environment where it's so loud you can't hear yourself talk. It's like either the music or everybody's talking all at once. My mind races to when Leticia first came into our family from Brazil, and she was just, you know, she had learned English. Her English was amazing, but she was still learning how to 
you know, have a conversation, pick out English and then respond to it. And I remember me and Ashley, we have a lot of people over to our house and there's a lot of times we'll host dinners and parties and all the things over at our space. And so I remember, you know, sitting down with her and be like, hey, we're going to have space. So come out and join us and talk. And for the first couple of times, we realized that she was like in the corner. She would start with the group and then all of a sudden she'd veer off to the corner. And afterwards we'd ask her, hey, what happened? Are you okay? Like, is everything all right? Did someone say something? Like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, it's so hard to pick out a conversation when everybody's talking. Because my mind is like this. Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, wow, that's so crazy. But, but sometimes we can be in that environment where there's so much going on that you can't hear yourself speak. And when you hear yourself speak, they say there's a confidence in your agency and who you are and, and owning the speech that you're giving or owning that I did speak. And I think this goes into, because I was thinking about that, I was sitting on that for a second. I'm like, with hearing the Lord gives us confidence that he spoke. And too many times we can, can settle for hearing that he spoke through someone else. We can be in a group or, or hear a story of when someone went through something and they prayed and all of a sudden they heard from God and we could just like go off that. But I thought about how broken that confidence is. I mean, I know we have to live by faith, right? So we're called to. When we come to Jesus, we ask him to our heart, and then it's like a faith journey. How many know that to be true? It's a faith journey. Everything becomes, I have faith in God to do that, faith in God to see that. And when you hit those trials or storms or tribulations, it's even more so prevalent in your life. It's like, man, I need to trust him. But I thought about this, and the confidence in that I spoke it's the same confidence I'll build in when I hear him speak. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can be in gatherings and rooms and settle for that environment of hearing the Lord. How many know how hard that is? It's when we're all speaking and talking and it's hard to decipher, was that the Lord or was that a moment? Was that an inspiration? Or was that the Lord speaking to me? And I want to encourage us with this, is that we have a confidence in his word because we've heard it for ourselves. So I want to talk today about the importance, the importance of voice recognition, because I believe that we need to learn the voice of the Lord. And in an age where, I don't know about you, but I know Siri's voice, okay? I can be talking, and sometimes I'm even preaching, and she'll go off and say, I didn't understand that. I'm like, I didn't want you to understand nothing. In fact, I don't want you listening. But sometimes we can pick it out. And, and, and I feel like today, Alexa and Siri are voices that you could pick out in the crowd. It's like my mom and dad, when I was a little kid, you know, you could pick out their voices over all other voices, right? It's when your mom was like, Elijah Tyrone. I'm like, I know, I'm in trouble. All right, here I am. You know, because you, you recognize the voice. And I think if we're not, if we're not familiarizing ourselves with God's voice, we're not familiarizing ourselves with the presence of the Lord, then we could be in a group setting, we could be in the world and just going throughout our day and not recognize when the Lord speaks to us. Voice recognition is so important, especially with the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God in the beginning. And I believe that this is so important for our journey. Understand it because confidence is built as we hear him, and understand what his voice sounds like. 
Now, when you first meet somebody, and I think about, I, I always go back to the illustration with me and Ashley, because when we first met as kids, we met at like five and seven. There's no love connection there, by the way, at all. I think she was more friends with my sister than with me, you know, because she had an older brother, and so we hung out with him, and then she just kind of hung out with my sister. So there's no love connection, but I, I remember as we started dating, I started familiarizing myself with her voice, and I started being obsessed with the sound, the tone, the way she uttered words. I could even start to mimic how she talked. You ever been around someone so long that you can start doing that? And, and there would be times where we'd be in a crowd and I could pick out her conversation over all others. And I think about this, the challenge with this is like, can we familiarize ourselves with God's voice so much that no matter where we are or who we're with, we can decipher his voice above all others? As we can start to hear all the wisdom and counsel from all around us, but we are tuned into another frequency. All of a sudden, when, when Father speaks, when our Heavenly Father speaks, it's above all other voices. And we start to lean in, say, oh, there's the word. I was reading and, and just looking up with our tones and the way that we talk. And did you know that everybody has a voice print? And your voice print is actually unique to you. And that's why, uh, I think it's Australia, that now voice recognition is the way they have security over, uh, you know, their, their information. And so you have to have voice recognition plus a reference number and all that stuff. But voice recognition is so unique to you that no other human being can have the same voice print as you. And that's wild when we think of fingerprints, right? You've heard of that, right? Fingerprints are all... They're all different. There's not one that's the same. And that's why the police, if they get your fingerprint, they know it's you. It's not you and three others. It's not you and 500. It's you alone have the same, the fingerprint. The same is with our voice. And this is where it's wild to think how individual God made us. Isn't that crazy? That not only he gave us different fingerprints, but also he gave us different voice prints. It's so crazy. But when you realize this is we all have different ways that we talk and our tones and how we pronounce things. And depending on where you're from, you might have an accent, you know. You might have, um, you might say water instead of water. I always laugh because my kids are becoming Philadelphia right before my eyes. And they'll say things and I'm like, that is so Philly. So Philly of you. The other day they said, use. And I'm like, that's it, it's over. It's over. But your voice print is unique. And so is the Lord's. And this is what I love about Holy Spirit. When Jesus went to be with the Father, he said, I'm sending you someone who's gonna counsel you, encourage you, remind you of who I am, right? It's always gonna be a learning process. And Holy Spirit, what he does is he speaks individually to our voice print. He has a voice print for you. The way you hear, the way you feel, the way you take in information, the Lord speaks to you like that, individual. And so when we understand this, we, we, we realize that we need to be tuned in 
to hear him. Um, we have these, these uh, headphones. And Sean actually bought these for the Story Factory uh, because we'd have individuals who come in and, uh, you know, it would be too loud or, or you might have a child who has, uh, you know, like uh, some type of, where, where noises are, are too much, right? And so he bought these to say, hey, if it is too much, put them on. But I thought about it and I was thinking, you know, if we're not in tune with the Lord, this is how we can live our Christian walk. Is like this. And then we pray prayers like, Lord, speak to us. But it's almost like there's a barrier between what he's saying and what we can hear and understand and comprehend. I believe this. I believe the Lord is speaking to every single one of us. But I also believe that it's our job as his children to tune in. I can speak all day long to my kids. I can tell them what to do. I can give them a life plan. But if they're not tuned into my voice, how many know they're not going to go very far on my words, right? They're not going to go very far. And I think the same way with us is that when we realize that, all right, and here's the question I want to ask you today. What are, as we, we go through this, what are the barriers that keep you from hearing the Lord's voice? And, and here are examples of some barriers. Number one, there's not enough time to hear him. Not enough time. Believe me, I know. Life can be crazy. It can pull you in all different directions. And we know with all the things we, you know, running the business and running the church and you have kids and now they have sports and gymnastics and it's like, does it ever end? It's always pulling for your time. But if you're not careful and you don't carve out or strategically place time in your life to tune into him, it can be a barrier. And you can pray all the prayers, you know, Lord, speak to me, speak to me. But if you're not in that space where you remove the barriers and say, all right, I'm taking time. So time can be a big one, right? Also, the, the quality of the moment. I, I don't believe in that you have to have quantity. I, I don't believe that it's more is better. I believe that the quality of our heart, and this is what I mean by this, you can come in here and you can sing songs for three hours straight. You can put on the good worship set. You can put on... K, love, you know, encouraging, positive, whatever it is. And you can put that on for three hours and sit here and sing. But if your heart's not worshiping him, guess what? It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Quality is bringing our heart into a posture of worship and listening, right? So you can have quantity all day long. You say, oh, I just sit in the Lord's presence all day long. But if you're not postured to hear him, then guess what? That presence does nothing for you. If you're not listening to the Lord, because he didn't call us to be knowers, he called us to be learners, right? He didn't call us to know it all. He didn't say, come get saved and you're going to know everything. No, no, he said, come to me and become a learner. Become someone who listens to my voice. Become someone who is attuned to something that's higher than the world is giving you. And he warned us about this in the age of the counterfeit that we're walking into where there will be hundreds and thousands and even millions of people who will give in to the counterfeit and say, well, that must be the Lord. It's good. It's good. And I'll tell you what, we're going 
we're going to see a day where so many will fall from the truth. And it's only on account of having a barrier from hearing his voice. It's only on account of having no relationship with the Father. No biblical base to go off of. We have to learn the art of living by the Spirit. Come on, everybody say voice recognition is important. It matters. But the art of living by the Spirit is something we have to guard. In today's culture, I think, I was just looking up, Google is now almost tied, if not, I think maybe it's past YouTube as a search engine. So now our big search engines are Google, YouTube, and then you have all the rest, you know? It's like they're the, they're the majority. And I think, um, I was even reading, there's 3 billion searches on YouTube per month. 3 billion questions being asked. 3 billion times someone went to YouTube to search an answer for something. How many have been on YouTube? You know. There's everything you need to know on YouTube. <laughs> it's got how to do it all. You need to cook something, go to YouTube. You need to fix something, go to YouTube. Tech issues, guess what? I'm enrolled in YouTube University. When we're troubleshooting something here at the building, where do we go? YouTube. Why? Someone has taken the time to make a video about something you need to know. You need to learn about business? Go to YouTube. You need to learn about family? I don't know, maybe. Go to YouTube. But everything's there. It's funny because... All these searches, we, we search for the answer, we search for the answer, and, and it can become, and I'm not saying that this is wrong, because I do it too, I'm YouTube and Google, but it, it can become our substitute for leaning into the wisdom of God. The, the biggest searches today are the search of what happens when we die? What happens after life? And I think if we're not careful will elevate the voice, and hear me on this, I don't want to say this wrong, but will elevate the voice that is flawed as though it were the voice of wisdom. There's a difference between hearing each other's stories, hearing each other's experience, and learning from it, and taking your word as the final word for my life. It's one thing to search something and say, how do I, how do I? But it's dangerous when we become dependent on that as our source of strength. Without searching and processing. We even talked about this a few weeks ago, but being okay with the inconvenient moments. Being okay when it's not instant. And we don't just search it and pops up. Here's 30 reasons why you should. Here's 30 things you should do in order to And instead, I think about it like this. Search engines should be our bridge, right? It shouldn't be our destination. Wisdom and counsel should be my bridge, right? It should be my bridge to, to, to something, but it can't be my destination. I can't land at your word. I can't land at a Google search. I can't land at these things. Medication. You need medication, because you're stuck in depression or anxiety and you need medication. Let me tell you, my friend, don't let it be your destination. Let it be your bridge. Take that bridge. Get help. 
See that person. Get that professional help. Get that, but don't let it be your destination. Come on, am I preaching to somebody today? Don't let it be the place you stop because that's not the source. Google search ain't the source. YouTube's not the source. Your word is not my source. Now, it might encourage me to get closer to him, but he has to be the destination. The relationship with Jesus has to be the final stop. It has to be where we end. His voice, recognizing his voice, has to be at the top of our priority. Amen? It has to be. And there are so many voices that are going to give you advice, tell you how to parent, tell you how to love, tell you how to be. Even we, had a, we have a couples group right now. We're talking about relationships and all. But guess what? My and Ashley's experience is not the final destination for every couple in relationship. It's not like, okay, just take this, copy and paste, and you'll be good. No. There's a journey to this. This is a bridge. This is to help you get to places that you need to be. But the ultimate goal is to plug into him because when you're plugged into him, you can love better. When you plug into him, you can forgive. When you plug into him, you have joy to give. It's a place of where our source comes from. And in the age of counterfeit, we have to be plugged into the genuine presence of the Lord because when we're plugged into him, then all of the things that we can throw through that filter. Yeah, that's a good bridge. That might lead me to where we go. If you Google search, I've Google searched so many times and I'll be like, what does it say in this passage? And I'll be like, that's not right. And they'll be like top, you know, these are the top 50 searches and page by page by page by page. I'm like, this is all wrong. It's wrong. But if we're not careful, we don't know the word. How would, how would you decide that? Google knows all. YouTube knows all, you know? But if we're not careful, we'll realize that our information in this age of the counterfeit, when we rely on, hey, Siri, tell me how to. Hey, Siri, what can I do to? If we're not careful, we can depend on that as the end all. Instead of diving in and saying, all right, Lord, I don't know it all. Google don't know it all. YouTube don't know it all. But in your presence, I can gain the wisdom and insight to lean in. Look at John chapter 6, five chapters after what we just read. John chapter 6, verse 63. I want to read it out of the New King James Version. Go a little old school in here. I think it says it so well. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. Say that again. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And this, my friend, is why it's so important that you know the genuine from the counterfeit. Because the counterfeit will feed your flesh desires, but guess what? The flesh profits nothing. The Spirit is the one who gives life. When you're plugged into the presence of God, we don't just preach this here to be like, oh, we just all need to believe and have faith and all. No, we've experienced the presence of God. Let me tell you, me and Ashley have been through hell and back and we've plugged into the presence of God and it has sustained us and made us who we are today. I stand before you today because of the spirit giving life. And so he says, the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, and this is Uh, Jesus speaking, right? The words that I speak to you are 
spirit and they are life. Just on Thursday, we had takeover and takeover had a cookout. So we were in the park and Doc cooked up. I don't even know. How many burgers and hot dogs did you have, man? You had a whole, like too many, a ton of food. And we're like, oh my goodness. I remember first looking at it, and I'm like, there, there's way too much food here. We took it out to the park, and we set up, and we got the DJ rolling music, and kids are all playing, running around. And all of a sudden, one by one, we see these kids running from the other side of the park up to our tent. They're coming up with their football pads on. They had just had football practice. And now they're, they're grabbing food, and then that kid would leave, and then three more would come running across the field. Hey, can I get a hot dog? Sure, you can have a hot dog. And uh, Aunt was our DJ and his, his uh, wife, Tiffany. She was like, would you like cus- uh, ketchup, mustard, and all the fixing? Up? They're like, whoa, is this like a restaurant? She's like, today it is. And, uh, and then they would go, and then all of a sudden, we had these groups of kids coming across the field to get a hot dog, to get a hamburger. And let me tell you, we went through every ounce of food we had. I'm like, Doc, praise God, you just fed the community. Like, way to go. And we had all these kids, I mean, they were like five, ranging up to like 15, 16 years old. And that night was beautiful. We played on the field. We had a ton of fun with the kids. Uh, a couple fights broke out, not going to lie. And, and, and but it, what the beautiful thing was this. I watched as Sean and Doc became father figures to some of these kids. And I watched as this football team, right? They were just on each other's nerves and all of a sudden, they started throwing punches and running. I mean, these kids were, couldn't be more than eight, eight, nine years old. I, I saw Sean just wrap his arms around this kid and say, hey, we're on the same team. Just love on him. I saw Doc say, hey, you guys are on the same team. Let me help you. And I thought about that. I'm like, there is the perfect picture of what Jesus calls us to. is recognizing his voice, plugging in, and then having his love in our hearts to pour into those that have never met him yet. To give love to those that have never felt love. Genuine love. I mean, they might have felt love in the world's eyes, right? They might have had encounters with maybe some that have given world love, but I'm talking about an unconditional, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you're doing right now, I love you. How easy would it have been for us to be like, Yo, you can't fight, get out of here. Take that crap home. But no, it was a moment where I saw our youth leaders come in and surround these kids. And I believe this is what the Lord calls us to do as the church. I'm so, so passionate. That's why we are so passionate here about the next generation because when we recognize his voice and we are in relationship with him, we are able to speak that same spirit of life over every environment we go into. And all of a sudden, your secular job becomes an opportunity for God to move. Because you come in now with a river. It's dry. People are dry. We were just talking about this the other day. You ever realize how today people are just ticking time bombs? It doesn't take much to cause people to be from zero to like a thousand percent, you know? like friends with them all of a sudden something goes wrong they're like ah rip your head off you know you gotta be careful these days 
People are taking time bombs. But there's a dry land that we're coming into every day. You might be in that space in your work where you come into a dry land. And that's nothing against the land, but it's, it's, it's to make you realize who you are in God. That's why voice recognition matters. Because when you recognize his voice, when you're gleaning from who he is, then you can come with the spirit of life in you. The Bible even says that he becomes like a river that flows through us. The Holy Spirit becomes a river that's flowing through us. I even think about uh, those that have joined Belong and are going through, and today is actually the, the last day, right, for Belong. How exciting is that? Got new team members coming in to change. But I think about that is that you're taking that step, right? And a lot of you have been through Belong where you take that step to learn not only about yourself and who you are, but like how God wants to use you to further the kingdom. And it's, it's a graduation. It's a coming into saying, all right, God, you're, you're, you're moving, you're doing stuff, but you want me to be a part of it. And that's the, why the reliance on his word is so important. I was reminded of a story of Moses when he was first leading the people and they're on the journey and they're all thirsty. And I don't know about you, but I, I do get a little cranky when I'm thirsty. Yeah. Or when I need my coffee. And this one particular time, God tells Moses to take his staff little backstory for context. The staff was what the Lord blessed when Moses was called to lead the people. He put something in his hand to use, and he did many miracles with it, right? He threw it down, it became a snake, touched the water, turned to blood. All these things he did in Egypt so he could get the, the people of God out of slavery to be free. So this staff represented the presence of the Lord with him. So here he is, on the journey with Millions of followers, right? He was the greatest Instagram <laughs> influencer ever. Three million followers, and he's, and he's got his staff, and the Lord says, take your staff, meaning take the presence of the Lord, and speak to the rock. Speak to the rock, and it'll make water, and then everybody will drink, okay? Now, do y'all know the story? So here's what happens. Moses took the staff, and when he got to the people who were quarreling and said, ah, why do we have water? Something happened in the time where God told him to do something and that moment, and he takes the staff and he beats the rock. He beats the rock two or three times and water gushes out of it. Now, water still came out of that moment. This is the sovereignty of the Lord because he can use anything. But the Lord was angry with Moses because he didn't trust and obey the word of the Lord. And, he, and Moses wasn't able then to lead the people into the promised land. If you read further, you realize that he had to pass the mantle on to Joshua to take the people over the threshold. And he just led the people in the wilderness. But because of this disobedience, he wasn't able to step into what he was leading the people to. And I think about this because the Lord has anointed all of us. And so when, when you say yes to Jesus, you have relationship with him. You say, Lord, come to my heart. Forgive me my sins. Like, I just want to walk with you on a relationship with you. What the Lord does is he fills you with his spirit of life, 
all of a sudden now you are flowing in the Spirit. You have the Spirit of God in you, which gives you strength, gives you joy, peace, and you can listen into who He is. So we all have a staff. You all have uh, the Lord's presence in your hand. And sometimes God calls us to go and speak the word. Now, the Bible talks about our words being so powerful, right? Giving life and death, speaking prophecy, and how when we prophesy, we literally speak things into existence, which is crazy when we're aligned with the word of God. But if we're not careful, we can take what the Lord meant to be his anointing and covering over us, and we can use it as a weapon to come against and to, to lash out. And this is what happens when we are not in tune with what the Lord is speaking, is that that which is supposed to be a blessing becomes a curse. And that's where we see leaders who become tyrants. We, be, we see people who are in, in leadership, all of a sudden, they, they take off the mindset of servanthood. They take off the mindset of humility. And all of a sudden, they think of themselves higher. And they take that which is supposed to be a blessing. Now they're beating stuff and saying, all right, here's your water, drink it. Instead of tuning into what the Lord has placed you there for. I want to speak to everybody in the room because you all have a position of leadership. You all, whether you're a leader in a business, whether you're a leader in the family, whatever, and maybe some of you are even just leading yourself. You are in leadership and the Lord has placed something on you to be a blessing for others. And if we're tuned in and plugged into his voice and we listen to what he says and he says, speak to that situation. I want to flow rivers of water out of that dry place. And we use what the Lord has given us to speak life instead of to beat the rock. And some of you in this room, you might feel like that where you're just beating rocks. Like, Lord, you told me. You told me water was gonna come from this season. You told me blessings were gonna come. And here I am in this valley. You told me this relationship was right. And here I am fighting all the time. You told me this job was the place I was supposed to be. And I feel miserable. You told me promotion was on the, the forefront. I was prophesied over. Here I am, barely making the bills. Right? Hitting the rock, hitting the rock. And, and if we plug into the Lord, we can hear his sweet, small voice tell us what to do in those moments. What to speak over dry things and to make them as though they are rivers flowing with living water. So here are three ways. When I want Sean to come. We're going to open this altar in just a moment. I'll give you three practical ways to tune into his voice, to grow in the understanding of who he is. Do you all see the church in Germany where AI gave the sermon? an AI-generated church service. It drew like 300 people. Crazy. I think of things like this, and number one, that's kind of cool. Number two, it's kind of scary. Because here's what I see. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. When we start to create out of a place of flesh, there is no life in it. You can AI the crap out of anything. And we work with AI. Mike, you work with AI, right? I love AI. It's 
It's good stuff. It can, it can further things. But if we're not careful and we start to just generate from a place of flesh, we start to just give words from knowledge. If I just got up here and I'm like, all right, guys, let me tell you what I know. And there's no word of life in it. Guess what? It would profit you nothing. You'd be like inspired for a moment, but it would do nothing. But when we lean into the spirit, all of a sudden the words give life. But that can give us so much. I could go so many places, but it's counterfeit confidence, right? It's counterfeit confidence, knowing that, oh, that's, that's it. All right, three ways to increase the way you hear God. Number one. Read his word every day. And I want to encourage those that do read his word every day. Maybe you already have a daily plan. You read God's word. I want to encourage you to take the next step. Start memorizing his word every week. Get a scripture. Write it down. Put it in your pocket. Put it on your mirror. Put it in your car. Where you just, you're meditating on his word day and night. Get something in your spirit that's just always present. Those of you who have not made this a habit, let me tell you, this is the instruction manual. And this is a way to listen and learn his voice. When I read an author, when you read like an author for so many, I had a favorite author growing up. And every book that I read of his, I learned more on his speech, how he talked, how he, and I even started to know like how he thought because you get inside his head. When we read the word of God, we get into the author's mind. We start to understand how he processes. We start to realize his character. We start to realize what's right, what's wrong. And we start to have conviction in our spirits. That's life when we get that in us. So get a daily habit. There's apps. There's, there's uh, get a real Bible. I love the real Bible. There's nothing like the real Bible. But hey, if you're a digital person, get your Bible on your phone. Get a plan. There, there, my kids are going on a plan right now. We do it every night, a devotional, where we, we read God's word. Well, except the nights they fall asleep to football, not going to lie. Guilty as charged. But make sure you dive in. And Sean, you can go ahead and come up, man. Number two, pause and pray, the two Ps. Pause and pray until it becomes a default. When you don't know, the default can be looking to these different resources. But let, let me encourage you to pause and pray. We see this all throughout the Bible when leaders didn't know. They paused and they prayed. Uh, we see this with even uh, the building of the wall, right? Nehemiah. The king came to him and said, why are you downcast? What do you need? And the Bible literally says, Nehemiah stopped, prayed, and then answered the king. A lot of us, we need to lean into the wisdom of the Lord. And before we act really quickly, we need to pause. We say, all right, Lord, how do you want me to do this? And just simple prayers. Lord, help me in this moment to have wisdom. Lord, as I'm parenting my kids and I catch them in something wrong, right? Everything in me is just like boiling. I'm like, ah, just want to take it out. I need to pause. I need to pray. Lord, how do you want me to handle the situation so that it's a teaching moment, not a destroying moment. I think about that at the park been so easy to go off on these kids yet it was like a it was like a pause they're coming in and say all right lord wants to, to use us in this moment to get
give life. And the last thing, most powerful thing I can teach you is this, to fast and pray. You want to hear God's voice deeper? Let me tell you, there is no better way than to fast and pray. Give up something of the flesh. What you're doing is you're emptying the flesh bucket. And that is so hard, especially when it's food. Oh, man. But you're emptying the flesh bucket and you're filling up the spirit bucket. And you're saying, all right, Lord, I want to give up something to hear you. Now, this is what the Bible says about fasting, okay? The Bible says that, number one, it's for clarity. Number two, it's for the big decisions that you're making. And number three, it's for breaking something that's bigger than what you've ever faced. Disciples came to Jesus and said, we've cast out tons of demons. We've healed a lot of people, but this is too big. We can't do it. And he says, oh, that kind is only done by fasting and praying. The Lord elevated this level of intensity, this level of intention, this level of conversation with him and the hearing of his voice to fasting. So let me tell you, you want to increase how you hear God? Number one, read his word daily. Start to understand his heart. Start to read his love letter to you. Start in the gospels. Start in John. So you're not repeating. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John might, might be like, I just read this story. So read in John. Start there. Go to the end. This is amazing how you can hear his voice speaking over you. Then learn to pause and pray. Make that to where it's a default in your life. Where every decision, you're just pausing and praying. Pause, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? All right, Lord, help me in this situation. Lord, give me wisdom. Maybe some of you, as you walk into work, you need to pray this. Lord, give me patience, right? Coming into that encounter with somebody that, that rubs you wrong, Lord, give me patience. Let me speak life. And the last thing, fast and pray. Fast and pray. I'm going to open this altar today. Those of you just need an encounter with God. Maybe some of you, you need a touch from God. Some of you, you want to go deeper in God. Some of you, you want to make a declaration today that, Lord, I want to hear you. I do want to listen. I want to recognize your voice. And a lot of times we tell our bodies what to do before our spirits follow, right? We'll come to the altar. That's why it's so powerful to come to the altar. Because you're telling yourself, I'm responding to the word. I'm getting out of my chair. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm coming up and I'm saying, all right, Lord, here I am. Some of you need to do that today. Some of you just need fire in your walk with God. Maybe you've grown cold. And today you just want to come to the altar and say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up with your fire. Fill me up with your passion. Maybe some of you have have fallen cold to reading the word or going after him. Today you say, I want to ignite it. I want to take a big old match today and light it up. Some of you might have barriers. And today as we were talking, you just realize all of them. You're like, yeah, that's me. I don't got time. I got this. And you can come and say, Lord, I want to lay these at your feet. Lay down the excuses. I want to come in to know you. So that's you as we worship today. I just want to open this altar. We'd love to pray with you today. And encounter, can everybody stand to your feet? We're all going to worship across this building. Just thank God for his word. We start by just lifting up both hands. Say, Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking over us. Thank you for, for leaning in, Lord God, with your presence. For leaning in with your power. I pray that everybody today, Lord God, would receive who you are. Would receive your presence today. In Jesus' name. That's you. Come on, come to the altar. Let's pray together.